these are the guys behind the glass. Even Windex and a paper towel can't handle these hot takes. These are the guys behind the glass. I dig this. This has me feeling groovy. Like I want to dance with somebody. So Dino, will you dance with me? I would. A little bump and grind action. With so much drama in the LBC, it's kind of hard being a D-O-double-G. Is that Snoop? I would have never known. Yo, Snoop! Where's my green hat? Where's your green hat, Snoop? What, mo- what movie is that from? I don't watch movies. Old school, bro. Come on. Kevin knows I don't believe it. You got to watch old school. That's like uh, that's like the range 05 to, 05 to 010. Kev, do you give the stamp of approval to old school? Nobody hurt you. Yeah, it is a good flick. You got that right. It's like that Will Ferrell, like when he was just churning out great comedy after great comedy in the early 2000s. You had old school, stepbrothers. You had Wedding Crashers. It was a good time to be alive. That's when comedy wasn't dead. Anyways, we are the guys behind the glass talking sports uh, on this Friday afternoon. Middle of uh, April already. April, flies, April 15th. Payday, payday homie. Um, my name is Justin Ellick. I'm here with my boy, my partner in crime, Mike Didino. Uh Luke Legrano's out today. Uh, you miss him, right? Because you guys have some like weird. Um, no, we have a good, we point. have a good rapport. So for those, I that, find it a little weird at this point. You think it's a little weird? Not weird, just like you know, you guys could. Well, I mean, listen, you're stuck in a room with somebody for four hours a day. Um, you know, I mean, you, you like to get uh, you like to get a little down and dirty with that special someone, no? Now Luke is out with COVID, but um, he posted on his Instagram, and it looked like he was at the beach. So uh, Luke, if you're listening to this, you're killing somebody on the beach right now. I don't think he is. He's outside, and um, science will tell you that that's uh, he's good to go in that regard. I know my motto of COVID, right? I had COVID last weekend. I play golf on COVID. This is not a joke. It, it's not. You know I, my motto with COVID. It's a hoax. Can't ha- can't get. Sorry, I messed that up. Go can't have it. it if you don't get tested. There you go. Bang, bang. That's what my mom said. Weirdly, she like corrupted me. She's like, "Why'd you even go get tested?" I'm like, well, "Who are you?" And have COVID if you don't get tested. Either way, um, play. it's a good time to be live, middle of April, which means um, we're almost in uh, full swing MLB mode here. Uh, we're about uh, two series in. Uh, the Yankees started their season with the Red Sox at home. They've been at home since uh, the start of the season and then uh, just recently wrapped up a four-game set with the Blue Jays before they head to Baltimore for... Um, the kickoff of their three-game set with the O's tough, this weekend. Tough Baltimore team. A tough Baltimore team, one and five currently. Um, wouldn't be surprised if they don't win fifty games. Yeah, they're a mess. But the Yankees play in probably the toughest division in baseball. Yeah, I mean, right now they're currently in a three-way tie for first at four and three with the Jays and the Rays. Uh, the Sox are what are they? Sox? I think the Sox are three and three. They have not played seven games yet, so. They're in that fourth spot, and then obviously the O's are in the fifth. But I want to start with the Mets here, who are off to a pretty pretty solid start run, to, run differential of plus 15, which at this point in the season is wildly impressive. Um, they're seven games in, five and two, first place in that NL East. Then you got the Phillies in second, three and four. And then obviously the Braves in third, 
and uh, the Nats in fourth, all, uh, both tied for third place technically at three and five, and then the lowly Marlins, who nobody really cares about. Um, but let's dive into the Mets. And Mike, I wanted to ask you how you're feeling early on in the season here, being a Mets fan. Um, and how you're feeling moving forward. Obviously, DeGrom hasn't thrown a pitch yet. You had Scherzer, who did look like Scherzer in his last start, going five very strong innings. I think he punched out about seven guys. Um, and then you got Bassett going tonight in the home opener. Today, it, 110 today. Yeah, off, about, about, a, about a 40 minutes away. So um, what are you looking forward to out of your Metropolitans? Well, I've said it once, and I'll say it again. The Mets will only go as far as Jacob DeGrom takes them. I mean, through seven games, like, no complaints. They're 5-2, and two, albeit it was against the Nats and the Phillies, and now we play Arizona, so not the, the most difficult schedule to start off. And, and we spoke about it on uh, Sid's show the other day when we were the three of us were in the room. Sid said that he thinks the Mets are still World Series contenders. I don't see it. I like the rotation. You look up and down the rotation, even without DeGrom, it's still probably a top three rotation in the league with Scherzer and Bassett, who looked awesome in his start. What's the timetable on uh, Taiwan Walker? Taiwan Walker was taken out after the second inning. I mean, he's battling a shoulder injury. He had a knee injury in spring training. I would presume he maybe misses a start. I think you would believe he was getting an MRI, and it came back negative so mm -hmm. that he could potentially miss one start. I'm not too worried about it. Now, remember, he was an all-star last year. Yeah. Now he dipped off in the second half. But top to bottom, the rotation, I have the rotation's good. That's it. Yeah, you shouldn't have any concerns with their starting rotation. And right now their offense is clicking pretty, uh, pretty much on all cylinders. It's been good so far. I still have a lot of question marks about Frankie Lindor. Mm. He's been so-so through the first 25 at-bats. I believe he's hitting like 250. I think he's got, he got one home run. He keeps pulling the ball, and he keeps grounding out. He's swinging for the fences too much. He's still not great on defense. I just have real massive question marks with Lindor. And like the Mets, to me, two simple or three simple X factors. Frankie Lindor, Jacob deGrom, Edwin Diaz. Those are your three, I guess, horses. If those three guys are not playing up to their caliber, then the Mets aren't going to go anywhere. I mean, the, the Jeff McNeils, the Mark Cannas, Edward R. Escobars, they're cute. They could help you win, but they're not going to help you, or they're not going to put you over that hump and make you legit World Series contenders. Yeah, and I think you got to look at a guy like Pete Alonso as well. Who, if Alonso's he, been hitting the stuffing out yeah, of the ball. But, He's got and, 10 rebuy stakes. And that's not even you know him at his best. If, if he can get really, really hot and go on one of those strings of um, you know maybe 20 or so games where he hits 10 home runs, he can carry that Mets lineup through a couple of weeks of pretty good baseball on the offensive side, at least. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I concur in terms of Lindor. Um, but here's my question to you as an outsider that's not a Mets fan, or if you're facing the Mets, Alonzo's their best bat. Who's their second best bat? Lindor or Marte? Like, that's not a great 1B. No, it's not. I, I, at this point, you would have to go with, yeah. I, I, I mean, you would have to go just giving off – Going Lindor. off his, his history, yeah, it's got to be Lindor. And he's not a great 1B right now. No. I mean, and Canna's a good bat, too. I mean, he can get hot, and, and you never Canna's know. If Canna's your 1B, your season's right. You're right. over. You're, you're right. You're not wrong. Lindor needs to step it up. My kind of philosophy with that is, if you're a switch hitter and you do fall into a slump like Lindor has fallen into now for it's almost been a full season where he hasn't really been playing up to, to the type of um, caliber that we saw with him in Cleveland— 
at what point do you kind of say, what is he, a lefty dominant guy at the dish, or is I'd he a righty dominant guy? I have to look at his guy? splits, but he's, I believe last year he had more six. I believe he has more power from the right side, but he hits from a better average from the left side. It's one of those. He has he has interesting splits. I don't have them in front of me. Yeah, and, and so why not? Maybe you know, an put one of the sides one one of those sides of the plate to rest for here. You know, here for a little bit, maybe a couple weeks. Get going on one side of the plate, and then you can try and work towards you know being uh, being a force to be reckoned with on both sides of the dish. Um, you know, maybe. Uh, from what I can tell, he's better from the left side of the plate, and that that side of the plate does play better at City Field. I mean, n- neither side of the plate is is really an easy an easy side to hit from in that ballpark. It's not a home run ballpark. So to your point, him trying to lift the ball out of the ballpark makes no sense to me, especially given his speed. Right? I mean, why not lay down a couple bunts? Why not try to beat out a couple slow rollers? Um, use other areas of your game. Other than your power, other than your ability to use the whole field with your bat, use other areas of your game to try and be successful to try and help your team win. And that means, you know, fielding the ball cleanly on defense and getting on base um, or doing the absolute best that you can to get on base, even if you don't hit the ball hard. A lot of times you, you do see guys... They get in these slumps, and then it starts to affect their mentality, and they're not really playing with the intensity that they usually play with. And I think you're seeing a little bit of that from Lindor. He's getting frustrated. He's getting angry at himself, and it's a little bit selfish in my opinion. It's not really that team mentality where, hey, okay, this one area of my game's not working, but let me focus on other areas where I feel like I can help the team win. Yeah, the more I watch Francisco Lindor, the more question marks really arise. He can't go the. I, I thought this guy was because before he came to New York, you don't really watch him too much in Cleveland. Obviously, you guys had the playoff series against him that was exciting. He hit that like grand slam off the foul pole. I I didn't realize he like, he can't go the other way. He pull. He's a dead pull hitter, which is super concerning for a guy that doesn't have a ton of power. But I mean, through seven games, I'm not going to complain too much. This is the Mets, right? I've been here. I've done that. I, I can't get emotionally invested in April. I can't get emotionally. In, I really can't get emotionally invested until like July, just because I'm so used to the same song starting off hot, then yeah. an injury comes along, you guys slump, and then the season's over. In but I would, at the end of the day, right? All things considered, they're five and two, first place in the NL East. Yeah, and I mean, they beat Washington, right? But I mean, still, listen. They're, they're, it's not like. It's not like they're not finding ways to win baseball games. I understand that Washington's a bad team. And both but, games they've lost, they've kind of beat themselves in. Right. But but baseball is a, is the type of game where every, anybody can win on any given nut. You still have to go out there and play a sound nine innings in order to come out with a win. If you play like shit, any team is going to come in and beat your ass if, if they're, if they're you know, covering all their bases on their end. So, listen, I mean, you know, you, you kind of... You got to limp till when Degrom does come back. You got to limp until that five five man rotation is at full strength. Um, but and then, if, and then we'll see in the World Series if Degrom right. comes back healthy. But if you're running on a limp leg and you still and you still can run fast and you still can can you know I mean this is figurative obviously but if you know if you got a broken foot and you could still run a full sprint and win some baseball games here, uh, you can see yourself uh, with your head above more, water more so than that, more so than your head above water. You could find yourself in first place when DeGrom does come back, especially if the Phillies continue to play like shit. You know, I mean, uh, they'll step it up at some point, though, and so will the Braves. This, the, 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 this division won't, won't um, 
be won't have this level of separation between a first place team and a third place team for the whole season. So at some point you're going to see a three way tie in that first place uh, position in the NL East. I do believe. And um, and I think it'll be a season-long battle to see who's going to come out on top. But to your point, the Mets do need that right arm of Jacob deGrom in order to pull that out. Right, let's move to the Yankees now. You're the Yankee guy here. Um, how do you think the Yanks have played through seven games? I've actually watched a lot of Yankee baseball, much more Yankee baseball than I've wanted to watch this year. My two roommates are diehard Yankee fans. It's pretty funny because like, you could see the comparison between a Yankee fan and a Met fan. They're emotionally invested in every game, rooting yeah. hard for the Yankees. I just can't do it for the Mets. Well, I can't and, do it. And, and the Yankees are in that same boat as the Mets, as you know, they don't usually start the season off well. So to see them seven games in here, sitting at four and three, and tied for first place in the AL East is honestly a good sign for me, because uh, as far back as I could remember, the Yankees come out of the gate really, really slow, and then they have to play catch up for basically the entire month of May. Um, which they've been able to do because they always do have a good good enough team to make the playoffs, and they will make the playoffs this year, whether that's as a winner of the AL East or as a wild card team. But how they look so far, obviously the rotation is um, not what we had hoped it would be going into the season. But aside from, and this is going to sound weird, but aside from Garrett Cole, they've actually looked okay. You had Nestor Cortez go out and throw five really, really he good. good. He looked really nasty. They call him Nasty Nestor. You had um, Severino go out last night and look like his old self before too. the injury. And Tyone looked great. And Tyone looked great. And Montgomery didn't look bad from the left side either. Uh, so the only real issue there is the $300 million man who just can't seem to figure it out. Especially, well, thought, Sorry to cut you off. I no, thought Cole was good in his second start against Toronto, which was at this point two days ago. The Vlad game when Vlad hit three home runs, all the damage was by Vlad, and one of the one of the pitches was a ninety nine mile per hour fastball in the hands. At some point, you got to. I mean, Cole tipped the cap to him. Sometimes you got to just tip the cap. Well, to uh, him. and I, that's what I, what I wanted to get to. I hate that. You don't like that. I hate that. This like guy that. just eviscerated you. He embarrassed you on your home turf, made you look like a pussy, and you're going to come out. It wasn't only Cole either. It was Cole. Judge and Aaron Boone after the game that were like, oh, wow, he's a really great hitter. Oh, wow, he's the best in the league. Oh, wow. What are we doing here? Aren't you going to get a little bit angry and come out the next night and punch this guy in the throat? Which is what exactly that's what Severino did, came out and struck him out three times. I mean, Vlad had the golden sombrero last night, struck out for a fourth time in the top of the eighth inning. So, but to come out afterwards and get asked a stupid fucking question by the press and then give them a stupid fucking response where you're basically just blowing this guy for beating your ass is ridiculous. And that's not how you go out and you win a ring. Honestly, that's what keeps you from winning a ring is that kind of mentality where you're like paying respect to other good baseball players. This is, this is. Really, honestly, besides the Red Sox and maybe even more so than the Red Sox, the Blue Jays are going to be your biggest rival this season in in order in terms of taking that division um, and being able to come out in the top spot in the AL East. They're going to be neck and neck with you all year unless you let them pull away because you're too much of a bitch to acknowledge that they beat your ass. Damn, I fired up Alec. I kind of I mean, like it, it. it just really upset me, honestly. I mean, you got another game left. Like it's one thing if the series is over and you're and you're going on to to face another opponent, but you were coming out and facing the Blue Jays again. Why not get a little bit angry 
Maybe clear the benches. Throw one in the back of Vlad Guerrero. Oh no! Why not? Hit Why not? Because that that you can't hit. Throw Vlad one like in his that. ass. He's got. He's come on. He's got some skin on his ass. No, he can take no, it. No, 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 no. But, but I, I do actually. I, I agree with you as a guy that likes to have that dog mentality as well. I mean, you're gonna just tip the cap to someone after he takes you behind the woodshed yeah. all night. So I kind of do agree that I want to ask you a few questions about how you think the Yanks have stacked up Joey Gallo. Yeah. And he, and he, Not analytically, it's actually funny because they were showing his analytics yesterday, and his expected batting average is thirty percent, and he's in the hundredth percentile in hard hit balls. There lies the issue: if he hits the ball, he hits it hard, and if he doesn't hit the ball, he strikes out. But that's you know what you're getting out of Joey Gallo. So to say that we're surprised that okay, yeah, he he swings and misses a lot. That's you, that's bullshit because um, that's the kind of player he is. Uh, you know, I mean. I'm not not worried about Joey Gallo, but at some point he will get hot and he will go on that, you know, that streak um, that you're looking for out of a guy like that, where in two weeks, you know, he can hit six or seven home runs, especially if they're playing those games at home and even on a lazy fly ball out to right could get out in some cases with a guy like that. But in terms of hot or not, he's definitely one of the guys that's not hot. Um, And Donaldson is in that boat as well. He looks off balance. He looks like his bat speed has slowed down a good bit. I was just going to ask you, would you make that trade back right now? Not yet because, listen, you're seven games in, um, and and he's another guy that can carry a team for a couple weeks. I mean, this lineup is filled with guys like that who, if they get hot for a couple of weeks— um, they can carry this ball club. So the perfect in the perfect scenario is one gets hot when the when another one kind of goes cold for a little bit, and you're able to kind of still carry out a, a, a string of W's while you have this guy who's still trying to fig- who's you know maybe trying to figure something out at the dish. Um, but to have both of these guys sucking at the same time, and it's not just them either. Um, you know, this Isaiah Kiner Falefa guy. I understand you got you brought him in for defense, but if he's going to play every day. You're gonna to have to start swinging the bat. And what's funny is he won a Gold Glove at third base, not shortstop. He is not a great shortstop. Yeah. Analytically, I believe they showed a stat, and I keep I keep bringing up the analytics, but I mean, there's a reason that baseball shifted that way. I believe I don't remember what the exact stat was, but he's much better at third base than at shortstop. And then based on, I mean, his he is not look good at the dish. He had a few hits yesterday. He actually hit the ball twice. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, I did see that. Uh, that's how you know you're cold when you're hitting the ball twice. But yeah. nevertheless, I believe he had three hits. He had a bunt single or something. And then he hit the ball twice and he had a bloop single. Well, he's so, just not. He's not an imposing. He's not an imposing figure at the plate, which is fine. If you're gonna, if you're gonna get on base, it's fine. But if you're not gonna get on base, and you're gonna be an easy easy out for the, for opposing pitchers. I mean, right down. If you right now, if you look at the seven, eight, nine slots of that lineup. Um, you know, areas, spots where you've got guys like Higashioka, where you've got guys like IKF, Glaber Torres is actually, he's swinging an okay bat. He's up around 250. Um, but you can't have three guys at the bottom of that lineup who are just going to suck dick. You just can't have it. Um, so, you know, at a certain point, either shake it up, throw somebody like a DJ LeMahieu in the bottom third of that order to get you a bat down there that can get the job done. But, uh, you know, I mean, listen, it's still early on, so I'm sure we'll see a lot of different versions of this lineup that will spread out, um, you know, the hot hands a little bit better. But right now, the bottom third of that lineup is, has been underwhelming, to say the absolute least. I agree. So overall, you're happy with the Yankees? I'm happy just in terms of, you know, what I've seen in years past out of the first 10 games of them. 
um, which usually ends up with them going somewhere along the lines of three and seven, um, at best five and five. You know, I'd be happy with five and five out of the first ten games. I think you have to go into Baltimore this weekend and win three games. If you don't, that's an issue, um, especially with their pitching staff. So go into Baltimore, and you have a lot of guys on your lineup here that have a really good history in Camden Yards when it comes to offense. Guys like John Carlos Stanton, guys like Josh Donaldson, Aaron Judge, who can go into Camden Yards and kind of use that as a safe haven where they say, hey, this is a place where I've found a lot of success in the past. This is where I can maybe turn it around. Um, and that's not to say that Judge hasn't been good. He's been fine, okay, but he needs to be a lot, a lot better. So, listen, I'll give it a, another another couple weeks before I really start freaking out. But And I'm not freaking out. They're four and three. They're in first place. They're in a fine spot, but they've got definitely areas of their team where um, it needs some work. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode. And before we do go, I will say everyone. It seems like everyone's anointing the Blue Jays as this like legit World Series contender. I don't see it. Well, it's been a night to night basis for them. They, very, they, yeah, they're very top heavy. They're pitching. They're they have names in their rotation. But it's still a big-time question for a lot of those guys. I mean, Ramiel Tapia was hitting fifth yesterday. That's what I'm saying, dude. Is that a World Series contender team? No, they're not. They're not running away with it. I'll tell you that I still like the Yankees to win this division. This is coming from a Yankee hater. That's what I like to hear. So with that being said, thank you for joining us. Episode number nine, Luke Legrano. Hope you're doing okay. Uh, I hope you're doing decent, actually. And uh, Stay stay home. Appreciate you, and that's it. Goodbye. Got me some sweet from Gina. Everybody got their cups, but they ain't chipped in. What's up, Body man? Body of things happen all the time. You got to get yours before I got to get mine. See, everything is fine when you're listening to the DMG. I got the cultivating music that be captivating me. Who listen to the words that I speak as I take me a drink to the middle of the street. and get to Mac and to this trick named Shady. She used to be my homeboy's lady. 80 degrees when I tell that trick, please raise the puppies in your teeth because you get none of these at ease. As I mob with the dog pound, feel the breeze. Say, you know, I'm just. I got hairy legs.